Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So I thought we might talk about something that I picked up at two different clients this week. It's always nice to see different companies and have them have exactly the same problem or, or something really similar. So the interesting thing that both of them did is that they talked about this this group, and this group is anonymous and completely unified in its point of view, and it's um, invisible, and this group is called The Business. Mm. Have you have you met The Business, Jeffrey? Have you encountered people <laughs> talking about The Business? Not the, I haven't met The Business, but I certainly mm. have. No, I haven't either. I come across rumors of The Business. Exactly. They're always over there somewhere. You're never quite sure where they are or what they're doing. Right. And sometimes people know exactly what the business want, uh, and sometimes uh, different people on the team think different thoughts about what the business want, and they can have long, uh, protracted arguments about what the business want, what the business need, what the business demand. Mm -hmm. But the business is a unified entity and definitely wants the same thing. But you might disagree within your team about what they want, but there's there's a, a group called the business who are marching in lockstep. I, I think of them almost like the Borg from Star Trek. That <laughs> they show up and they say, "You will be assimilated." Everybody agrees, "You will be assimilated," and um, they're they're unwilling to discuss it. But they're invisible. Yeah, so you can't actually see them. I, I think it was like the Illuminati. You know, they're, they're the ones who are secretly controlling everything behind the scenes, but somehow no one's ever met them. Indeed, but telepathically, we yeah. know what they want <laughs> somehow. There's been some transmission mechanism that allows us to be sure this is what the business want. Yeah. Although sometimes it, it, there's a there's a claim. Uh, it would be like a game of telephone. Well, I I heard I heard from this person that this is what the business wants. Yep. Uh, now you, you might follow that chain, but in the end, it's uh, typically come up against the dead end of. Uh, uh, well, this is no. That's just what the business want. Mm -hmm. And you get that kind of fixed point of view. That's what I saw at one of these two clients where the. The clear view, I, I met a bunch of developers first. I was doing an evaluation, uh, which is something I often do, I'm writing a report about what's going on in the company. So I met a bunch of developers and product managers and folks like that at the beginning. And so each of them independently, I didn't prompt them for this. They, they each said, well, what the business wants is for us to deliver on these fixed contracts that they've created. And the contracts say what will be completed and by what date. And they've already done that. I don't know why they do that, but they do. And uh, I don't know why the Borg want to assimilate us, but they do. And um, <laughs> the, the, But uh, this is what's happened. And so we have to just figure out how to deliver a perfect system by this date. And of course, it's impossible, but uh, none of us feel like we can tell anybody that. And so I had built up this idea of the business by the end of the day that was very negative. And I was imagining these uh, cowboy salespeople wandering off and, and promising crazy things on the golf course to, uh, to, to clients <laughs> and uh, laughing maniacally as they came back to the office thinking about how, how they'd get the developers to, to work weekends to produce these crazy things. And then I met one of the salespeople. And um, he was the, the nicest teddy bear you've ever encountered and, and very sympathetic to difficulties in the development team. And he kept saying, you know, I just like something. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, you know, I do have the demo next week. That's what I'm, I'm aiming for. But he didn't really understand how their system worked. But he said, you could give it to me on a USB stick. And um, it was a very complex pipeline of features. You couldn't actually put it on a USB stick. But what he meant was that you, you could give it to him in some very simplistic way that might only work on Thursdays. And that would be okay because his demo was on Thursday. So <laughs> it was perfectly fine. And he did not have, he hadn't sold a particular thing by a certain date. He had signed contracts and the clients expected something, but he was quite happy to explain to them why the thing they got was different to what was written in the contract. 
and that it came uh, at a, a different date. He was fine with that. He just needed something and he wasn't seeing anything because the developers were busy trying to create the perfect thing, which they knew was impossible. They're busy trying to, to uh, create the perfect thing and therefore they, they didn't have time to actually go talk to the business, which, which turned out to be Fred, I mean, or whatever his name was. Yeah, the, the, the individual salesperson. And I'm not even sure they would have thought that there was a business to talk to. They, they kept talking about as this abstract entity. That's why I thought of the Borg. You know, they, they're just there acting in, in unison, marching in lockstep, all, all in agreement, and you, you can't negotiate with them. They won't listen to you. But we do know that they're uh, the business. What we do know about them is that they're unyielding and uh, that there's no point in negotiating because yep. they just they just want what they want. And the, they have unreasonable demands. And the fact that they have unreasonable demands tell us that they will be unreasonable and that there's no point in trying to reason with them. Exactly. So we better, better just uh, suck it up and, and see what we can do. It's going to be impossible, but uh, we'll try hard anyway. And th then they'll see. Maybe they'll come to the realization that it's impossible. Yeah. It turns out um, there's a better way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think you had an example of exactly that better way in operation you were, you were going to tell us. Well, I had, I had one, one example that reminded me very strongly of this. And I've, I've come across the business at many, many different um, organizations. And what I have determined when I encounter, especially uh, leadership people, you know, technical leadership who tell us, um, you know, I have this, this problem that uh, the developers don't want to spend time on the practices uh, that we've said that we want to do. And um, th this, this has happened many times. The, the, the story I have in mind is many years old, but actually something uh, identical came up yesterday. I was at an unconference uh, for engineering leadership and someone there said, well, we, we tell our developers to spend 20% of their time on technical issues like refactoring and the rest of the time on their product work. But what happens is if there's ever any product work to do and there's always product work to do, they do that instead. Um, and it's, you know, because they, the people think they're doing the right thing by the business to, to just push the features out, even though technical leadership is it otherwise. This is, as I said, a story I've heard many times that the time I have in mind is many years ago, uh, a good friend of mine was a technical leader at an in-house startup at, uh, that was within, within eBay. And uh, they were very excited in their team. It was a, a, a new co new company, this new uh, in-house startup, and he was leading the team. And they were very explicit. They were doing extreme programming by the book, so all of the practices in the white book, uh, extreme programming explained, and uh, that included things like pair programming and TDD and the whole nine yards, the, all the stuff. And they they hired someone who came from eBay, uh, hired a developer into the team, and they were very, very clear, this is the way we're going to work. And he's like, okay, great. But once he joined and was actually in the team, he said, look, we don't, we don't have time for this stuff. You know, the business just wants us to get the features out. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what the business wants. Uh, and so it was that, it was that familiar, you know, um, sort of telepathy where the person says, uh, whatever we said we were going to do, you know, the business wants something else. I know it is, and we should be doing that. So that does, that did actually provide a, um, a, the, the opportunity for an antidote, which is my friend was able to go in and go to um, the highest placed person who you could, you know, uh, say is uh, the business. And this, in, in this case, it was the, the actual, like the general manager who was running the entire startup. So that's, that's pretty good. If you can get that, that's, that's ideal. Excellent. And they were able to come then, and now it's no longer anonymously uh, the business. 
you know, it's, it's Sally. I don't remember what her actual name was, but she, she came and, and was able to talk to the team and said, look, I, I understand you're going to have challenging times where you feel like you're feeling tension between doing the right thing, doing things by the book, um, writing your tests or pairing whatever it is, and there'd be some tension between that and versus getting, just getting the features out as quickly as possible. And I want to be clear that what we value is long-term productivity and we want you to take the time to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And in that case, that that settled it. And it had the uh, perfect outcome that that developer then uh, quit the next day and went back to eBay, which was which was perfect. Because clearly, uh, he, you know, in his case, he, he, uh, he didn't want to work the way everyone else wanted to work. And uh, he was using the bogeyman of the business to justify uh, what he was doing. And that wasn't sustainable anymore because the, an actual person from the business had shown up and said something different. Right. And this, the key here would then was, in, uh, much like yours with the uh, salesperson, it was to get away from the idea of this anonymous, faceless force uh, <laughs> and get to an actual person. Mm. I've, never, I've never had any success in negotiating or uh, learning solid facts about the business, but I've often been able to find individuals who I could talk to. And it turns out those individuals, you know, could, could often be quite reasonable. Indeed. And, and may disagree with each other. So it may be that there's many views within the business. And then you have an interesting puzzle. Sally wants this, but uh, George wants the other thing. But, but then you have a different kind of puzzle. You have a puzzle about people. You don't have a puzzle about this uh, anonymous Illuminati secret society someplace. Yeah, that, that's. I think that's a good point. And so sometimes the the stories that people have told about the business have their roots in in some facts. Not always. Sometimes they're <laughs> they're just what they think the businesses want. You know, maybe from something they've seen on television and movies or 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 past organizations. But it could be that they they are the conflicting demands uh, that the business want that are impossible to satisfy come from different people. Uh, on the business side. And um, and actually getting those people together is uh, an important step to be able to iron them out. Because sometimes those those two people with their conflicting demands don't know about each other. Yep. They may think, we, we've been presenting a united front. We've all been telling them to do the right. You've been doing what? Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it's a very um, interesting phenomenon uh, to me that we come across with this anonymous the business and it has a almost a anticlimactic feeling to it though that it turns out this solution is to go talk to people and have have people talk to each other but the key thing is you can single out just one individual if if the folks who were talking about the business at my client uh, this past week had gone and found that salesperson they would have learned a lot and as you say as we were saying before it may be that that person uh, doesn't have the unified view of the whole business there may not be one but then you've got a different problem. And, and what, so the, the concrete thing our listeners can do is if they're hearing a lot of complaints about the business is go find an example, go find a business person and uh, get, get more conversations going with that person. <laughs> yes. And you could, this could even be a, a, an indiv- this is an individual exercise you can do. And uh, the team exercise that I've done at time places is, well, let's write down the names of who, who is in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it, and people may realize that, oh, actually, there are multiple people who matter. Um, mm-hmm. But they, the the act of trying to make it concrete, whether it's one person or three people or 10 people, is a huge uh, important step uh, towards people move, move ahead. If you, if you just have the business, it's very, very hard to discuss trade-offs and uh, to, to make reasonable decisions. 
as soon as you have it to some list of concrete individuals, uh, very often it's much clearer what, what a possible path forward might, might look like. Indeed. So one thing that you could do is just uh, outlaw the, the, the words, the phrase, the business, and just replace <laughs> it with individuals. And that, that often can really change the conversation within the team. Yep. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, we've got some concrete things for our listeners to go and try. Go and find an individual within the business to talk to. If you're going to go try that, we'd like to hear how that works out for you. If you've got folks talking about the business and you're not sure how to handle it, or if you have more questions or stories or anything interesting like that, we're always interested to hear from you. Have a look at troubleshootingagile.com where you'll find Twitter and email and all kinds of other things to get in touch with us. And of course, we always like it when our listeners click the subscribe button in whatever app they use to listen to us, because then you'll be sure to hear us next week when we might talk about, uh, I don't know, something related to the business, what you can do after you talk to that person. All right. Well, thanks, Jeffrey. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Juan. Well.